hello and welcome back to the socially distance podcast or as i like to call it socially and the winter distance episode three technically but as we are reviewing the fourth episode of falcon and the winter soldier on disney plus i am al manorino i'm the managing editor of the with me as always Mr. Bill Bodkin, the editor-in-chief of thepotbreak.com, and uh, also a super patriot. Bill, what's going on? Uh, in these, this day and age, I don't know if I take that as a compliment. I do not have many flags flying from the back of my uh, Jeep, um, nor do I have silver <laughs> balls hanging from the back of my Jeep, which is a joke from last week's podcast. Uh, I'm doing good. Sometime this week, this past week, I felt like a, a shield covered in grimy, thick sinew and blood. But uh, today I'm pretty good because we are on the 53rd episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast. Now it's like, how do you keep remembering? Because I look at the numbers right before we do the show. Um, of course, this is the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. And we are joined as we are during this very longly named uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier review series by our resident guest. He is everyone's favorite Ryan Barry. Ryan Barry, welcome back, sir. I'm not even my favorite Ryan Barry. Well, I mean, this could also we could have therapy afterwards. <laughs> it's actually a, a segment okay. on the show. <laughs> so instead of giving your thoughts and theories, let's just talk about you know your childhood, my rivals. <laughs> let's talk about this. But we are also joined uh, by our number one fan um, because he has listened to this podcast more than five times. Um, not this episode because it's still happening this is the future right uh he has this is his third uh, appearance on the show you last heard him on our wanda distance series and he was on during the summer sometime probably when i had way too much to drink his name is mr nick porcaro welcome back sir i'm back and, and better than ever got and- nick things better. First off, first off, I thought I was the only one who sang on this podcast, but I'll make an exception. That was some heavenly pipes right there. Um, <laughs> I think something happened where Al might have woken up his dog or his child. No, my my son just straight up fell out of the crib. Uh oh, it's fine. Uh, he sleeps on the floor a lot. Well, so here's the spoiler alert for this podcast. Um, he's a super soldier. And Al will most likely be murdered in his sleep after the podcast. So, Ryan, you're going to be the new Al starting soon. Okay. Um, Just as long as I don't have to be Ryan Barry. So do I get to be the new Ryan then? Is that (laughs) that the chain of command? Good luck. (laughs) Yes, you can be the new Ryan Barry. We're both uh, bald. We both have beards. It's true. He's halfway there. He is. But he's he's living on a prayer. Um, I can't help it. I'm sorry. Boo. Uh, please, so boo. please boo me. It was the shits. <laughs> uh, but Al, this podcast already off the rails. Let's talk about the fourth episode of the Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, episode title. I totally forgot the name of. Oh yeah, that's true. I the probably should have looked that up. Watching the whole world is watching, which is a uh, which that's is a great cool. teaser for the uh, the finale of this. Uh, of this episode or the the culmination of you know what we've been kind of speculating was going to happen and just based off of uh what we thought of john walker uh going into this uh and his future in the mcu uh that was a perfect title and you know also this segment, like a james bond movie timothy dalton would have been in and everyone would have been like, <laughs> oh, this one sucks we got to replace this guy. 
<laughs> it sounds like every Bond film from like the late 80s to the early 90s. <laughs> Well, it reminds me of The World is Not Enough, the one he was in with Denise Richards. Yeah. Which had that, was Pierce greatest... that was Pierce Brosnan, though. Oh, sorry, Pierce Brosnan. They're right. And that had yeah. the greatest and worst James Bond line of all time because her last name was Christmas because Denise Richards obviously playing a nuclear physicist. And it ends the movie as it's going to credit. She's like, huh, I thought Christmas only came once a year. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And isn't she considered like one of the worst Bond girls ever? Yeah. She's just one of the worst Bond casting ever. Got it. Got it. Well, this segment, completely unrelated to the world of James Bond, is called The Debriefing. And it's where it's I... also, you know, fits. It, it does fit. But I was going to say, it is also where I read the Wikipedia synopsis of this. It's just to set the tone. And uh, you can hear me uh, just ramble nonsense. Because it's written by people from Wikipedia. So... Uh, Io, oh, so first, first of all, episode four, the world is watching, the whole world is watching. Uh, Io gives Barnes eight hours to use Zemo before the Wakandans take him as Zemo killed their king, T'Chaka, back in uh, Captain America Civil War. Zemo helps Morgenthau at a funeral for her adopted mother where Walker and Hoskins in- intercept them. Wilson speaks with, with Morgenthau alone and attempts to persuade her to end the violence, but... An impatient walker intervenes and a fight ensues. Zemo destroys most of the serum before he's apprehended by Walker, who is secretly taking the last vial. Io and the Dora Milaje come to Zemo for Walker, but Walker refuses to hand him over. In the ensuing fight, the Dora Milaje humiliate Walker while Zemo escapes. And also humili- humili- wow, I can't even talk humiliates. To humiliates uh, Barnes as well, which was a, a pretty great meme. Uh, Morgenthau threatens Sarah, forcing Wilson's, Wilson to meet with her so she can attempt to persuade him to join her. Walker and Hoskins engage other members of the Flag Smashers, leading to another fight in which Morgenthau accidentally okay, kills Hoskins. Enraged by his friend's death, Walker uses his now bloodied shield to kill the flag smasher Nico in front of a horrified spectators who films his actions. Case in point, the whole world is watching. Guys, what an ending. Also, I just thought this was a, an excellent episode overall. Uh, we got a lot of action set pieces, but we finally get, you know, this confrontation between Walker or, you know, as, as, he is known for this as Captain America at Battlestar. And then we also get to see the Dormalage. It was a fucking awesome a- episode in terms of just how much they jammed into it. A lot of character development. And, uh, you know, we get to see, I, I think it starts with the cold. Is it a cold open where we get to see uh, Bucky mm-hmm. as the white wolf? Um, yeah. yeah. We get to see Bucky as the white wolf. And I wish they would say this in the Wikipedia entry, but you know, they're basically testing if the, whatever they did in his brain worked. I love that. Like, I mean, we've been talking about since, since WandaVision about how they're, you know, using the blip, using the blip as like the through line for phase four. But I also love when they can bring things back, you know, agent 13, bring her back all the way from, you know, the last time we saw her was probably civil war. So we finally get to see her again. And now, and Zemo too, civil war as well. This is another huge thing from Civil War. The the you know the removal. This was an after credit from Civil War. We're getting the removal of you know the what Hydra did to Bucky. So let's start there. Let's start all the way at the beginning. 
I'm going to start with um, our guests for this week, Nick. Um, you know, what did you think of you know seeing that kind of uh, that through line come back into play, and then just the uh, you know bringing the the Dora Milaje into the fold in this series? This show is incredibly exciting. I think it's. It certainly went well past my expectations. I think it's gone past most people's expectations. You know, it was looked at as, oh, this is going to be Marvel by the numbers. You know, the it's not nearly as exciting and creative as WandaVision. Meanwhile, you know, I do, I love, I love uh, Falcon and, and Winter Soldier's cool. Like, I love these characters and I love the tone of the second Captain America movie and, um, so I didn't have a problem with it, but I still wasn't as excited as, as with WandaVision. But they're doing so many fascinating things, whether it's bringing back characters that we haven't seen in a long time. It, it, it creates this, this incredible uh, energy for, for these television shows that anything can happen, anyone can show up. Like, you know, we're, we're focused so much on the... Sam Wilson being, you know, ex Air Force and an Avenger and Bucky, you know, and and it's it's either centered in America or it's them traveling around the world to to figure out what's going on with the Flag Smashers and then Wakanda. Remember the Dora Milaje? Oh yeah, they're back. And it's just like this is happening right now. Same thing with you know going to Madripoor for the first time and then Sharon shows up and you're like she's back and she's John Wick. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. This show's excellent. This show is incredibly exciting. I am I am loving every minute of it. I can't believe there are only two more episodes left. But to go really quickly back to what you wanted me to talk about with the intro. Keep going. Um, it was so uncomfortable because Bucky is like crying and shaking and he's struggling. And you initially, I think it's meant to be portrayed like, oh, is he fighting urges? But then what I realized... It, what what I think it was is he's realizing he's free and he's terrified of what that means. Mm-hmm. And he has no idea what to do with himself. So he's like just uncomfortable by this, this new state he's in. I mean, on one hand he he's out of the torment of being brainwashed and doing things against his will, but now he has to pick up the pieces and start anew. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. Totally agree. Bill, you know, last year, amidst everything that sucked, we also lost Chadwick Boseman, um, which I'm still, like, I have not recovered from in terms of just, like, I didn't think that death would be as impactful for me, but it's probably one of the, like, most impactful celebrity deaths, one of them in my entire life. I don't know why. I it also came why. completely out of nowhere. Yeah, it was it, no one. It, it was, wasn't like we had we had heard someone had been. It was. It's not unlike with Prince. Like how all of a sudden it was like Prince is dead, and everyone's like, "Whoa!" Like when we like when David Bowie passed away, we knew David <laughs> Bowie had been sick. You know, we we there was. We? People, I thought he keep yeah. the I thought he kept the cancer a secret. No the cancer. The can the thing. Bowie, no, we knew there was there we was. We knew he wasn't well, but we didn't know he was gonna die. Like he no, knew, was, and he was, designed Black Star as like his exactly. final yeah. statement. Maybe a bad choice, but there are certain celebrities you know. Hey, it's unfortunately you know they mm-hmm. had cancer, they had some there was some sort of illness and something you know it's it, and they passed. And you're like, this is terrible, but you know we had seen some signs with Chadwick Boseman. I mean, he's in the prime of his career, and you know 
anchored one of the biggest Marvel movies of all time, which was going to have a sequel, which was nominated for an Oscar, mm-hmm. which no other Marvel movie, to my knowledge, that off the top of my head. No other superhero movie broke the stigma completely. Of yeah, so it was movies aren't massive, art. groundbreaking movie. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's gone. And you're like, mm-hmm. it's it was just no one saw it coming because we just saw him as this superhero we we believed he was black panther you know because he was just so great in that role and we're going to be reminded of again this year because he is nominated for ma rainey's black bottom and he i mean there's a good chance he could win probably not and and we'll you know we'll see that again so Mm -hmm. it's 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 it was it was intense and it really was the reason i brought it up in the first place was that the question i had for you was did you even consider this a possibility you know, I know we, we got to see it at the end of, you know, episode three, but like the inclusion of Wakanda, where we as, you know, people in the know in terms of uh, pop culture and I, where we are in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm ranking myself in the know, it, four of us. I'm, it just seemed, it just seemed that they're, it just seemed that they're still trying to figure out what to do with Black Panther 2. And now they've announced like a, you know, a World of Wakanda series, something like that. It just seems like that's still in like the planning phases and meanwhile boom we get the door melange and you're like w- w- were you surprised or you're like no this makes total sense i mean it was one of those things where i didn't exactly see it coming but as soon as it happened i'm like oh that's perfect sense it makes all the sense in the world that the wakandan basically the wakandan cia secret service whatever whatever government agency you want to apply to them is there because the man who murdered their king is now on the loose that makes a hundred percent chance. You've got the uh, the tie to Bucky. I mean, without Wakanda, there is no Winter Soldier. You know, there is no new version of the Winter Soldier. I should say, with his new arm, which we found out um, can be very easily taken off if yeah. you just know the combination. Um, it was like the fi- the um, five point exploding uh, punch from Kill Bill, <laughs> um, which I would do to my friends. I would just go up. I would just like at a bar, I just like tap my one friend that just go ah, walk away. And he was so wasted. He was like, I don't want to. I'm like, we'll see what happens. Uh, but imagine if my friend died, I would have felt really shitty. Um, anyway, uh, Wakanda. Yeah. I could see it in the universe because it was just, there's too many ties to it. And it, it just adds to it. I don't know where, where this was added. Like if this was part of the original, plot or not you know because remember there was the big delay in it but it makes all the sense in the world that wakanda is there and it, it adds so much to it especially that scene man that scene where they just they just took the boys and they just slapped them around that was fantastic so i wanted to bring this up and i wanted to talk to ryan and we could all kind of join in on this one too because i thought this was really this take kind of like blew my mind so there's a a podcast host uh her name's Kristen kippins i think you're gonna say there's a podcast host his name's al manorino no no i can't think like this i don't have this uh i'm not this smart but there's a podcast host her name's Kristen kippins she hosts the more wine pod and the marvelous tv club and i saw this because it's kind of going a little viral today but she's talking about how the the scene the the, the fight scene between the Dormelage, John Walker, and and Bucky Barnes was basically like an um what's the word I'm looking for? Like it basically represented like white privilege because the two, you know, they disarm, they disarm John Walker 
and take his shield, which is Wakandan property. And they remove the, uh, the vibranium arm from Bucky Barnes. And it's like these, like they thought that these things belong to them. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I'm butchering it, but if, if you, if yeah. you can, you can no, listen, I get it. You can listen to the clip. And again, yeah. her, uh, her, her name is at Kippin, K-I-P-P-I-N-S-K on Twitter. Um, oh my God. It was such a great take, but Ryan, like Ryan, just, I want to talk about that scene because we, we've been talking about for the first couple episodes of like, there's so many different plot lines going through, but there's also this like overarching race element, right? Yeah. Um, I, I just I want to get your thoughts. Like, what, what did you what did you think coming out of this episode, and how, you know, did, did it feel again? Did it feel ham fisted, or did it feel like they're 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 doing it right? I I I don't think ham fisted, but I think that 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 is a crazy thought process. And then probably when I watch it for the third, fourth, yeah. and fifth time, that is exactly what I will be thinking. And it blew my mind. It was crazy and Mm -hmm. i it was when i first watched it you know i sort of took away from it john walker as a white male fighting these black females who at the end of it is just so defeated Mm -hmm. he's just like they weren't even super soldiers i know (laughs) and i feel like when that was happening i was just like oh is this like a is this like a macho moment where it was just like, so I think that's where I went to first because I think it's great where it's, he's in the room with, uh, they're in the room with Battlestar, the new Captain America, Falcon, Bucky, Zemo, and they just send in three of the Dora Milaje and they were like, uh, all right, good luck everybody. Like it just shows, like showcases how powerful they are. So I don't think for me, it immediately went to a race thing, but it did kind of go to a gender thing for me. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting point. Yeah. I think that's first time. That's what I took away from it, but that is a really interesting point because also when they do defeat, um, John Walker, yeah. One of the door Milaje has the shield and I was like, leave it. Like, I feel like they, yeah, they were going to take it. Yeah. But that was, that was, that was nuts. I loved that entire scene. And again, yeah, with the five finger death palm. Ex- exploding heart <laughs> trick. <laughs> I just, I love, I saw there was a, uh, there's another, there was someone on Twitter who was like complaining about it. Then it was, oh, it went, it went viral. But it, I, I think because of what she said with the way that they did it makes sense. But then also just, Mathematically, do you think the Wakandans would entrust someone who was brainwashed by Hydra to have a gazillion dollar weapon that's their property? Mm-hmm. Just you're fine. Nothing else will happen. And You'll never get brain an, have an insurance policy. You'll not never get brainwashed again. Like <laughs> you know, only I mean? gets it brainwashed means, twice. Come that's on, true. that's true. That's <laughs> true. Only, um, only stupid. Yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> only it's funny. For everything that happens in this episode, I think people are going to remember this for that scene. Oh. And I think it's going to be studied as one of the best fight scenes, but also, as I said, like, you know, this, this, um, this allegory for white privilege, I think it just, it like a lot of ways, so many levels. 
Yeah, a lot of ways you can read this. And if you just mm-hmm. take it at face value, which is, you know, it, it's just a badass scene. And it reminds you, especially, and then it's a smart narrative choice because it reminds you just like, oh, hey, it's been a, it's been a bit since you've seen Black Panther. We're just going to remind you how great these warriors are. And it's coming on the horizon. Just going to keep that fresh in your brain because this Don't is going to come back. Melage. Yeah, and yeah. they'll be in the next movie, and it's going to, or the or even that show, and it's just like you've opened, you've you've just whetted everyone's appetite. It's like that was a great scene. I'm going to remember. That's a it's a, um, a something you would make an NFT out of. I've just heard that. I just figured out this phrase. <laughs> oh no! Oh, WrestleMania is selling for so half a million dollars. Much. And uh, you could NFT the shit out of that thing, and then which I don't even know what it stands for, but I know what it is. Non fungible token. token. <laughs> Fucking stupid name, uh, but it'll be around like Agreed. forever. But it, and, and Al's going to be uh, trading and buying and selling NFTs in like two weeks. Uh, but anyway, it's like that's a great moment from the show, and this will that will be a springboard mm-hmm. for other shows. It definitely will, and that does jurisdiction wherever they go. So, and I love that if they could drop in wherever and mm-hmm. whenever, I like that, and it'll make sense because yeah. they're almost like they're the real police mm-hmm. in the world, not you know Kurt Russell and Battlestar. I, um, I saw Wyatt uh, Russell. I, I, I didn't. You I didn't go. This. It's Kurt Russell gone back in time. I Sorry, didn't Nick. go. I didn't go. No worries. I didn't go through the thread because it was probably terrible, toxic bullshit. But I remember seeing someone flag, "Oh, you know, it's a problem when Walker, um, you know, uh, strong arms jurisdiction where he shouldn't have any, and is you know taking advantage of all these rule, you know, taking advantage of all these countries. But when the Dora Milaje do it, everyone's like, "Oh, they're so cool," but they have a legitimate reason to do it. Yeah. They're, you know, they are, their king was assassinated and, they're and it's very- their property as well. So it's like, they're, they're they have pro- the right to interfere in this situation. They have, they have very specific things they're going to do. They're not yes. going to be yeah. like the Americans and just like, let's blow a bunch of yep. shit. A bunch exactly. of shit blows up. All right. Okay. Just, I don't care. I'm going to achieve my goal no matter yeah. what if happens. If I brain a guy in the middle of a crowded square, well, you know, that just happens. No, know? they're yeah. so graceful and strategic in, in how they strike sure. and where they appear, you know? Their property, basically, is responsible for breaking out... <laughs> The guy who killed the king. king. I don't think, I don't think a motive has like a specific definition, but I think that is the definition of a like a perfect motive. Um, Again, we could talk about this the entire podcast, but I want to get into a little more. We, uh, you know, we saw a very, very dark, dark, dark turn for Morgenthau at the end of episode three with her blowing up um, the. Is it? G is a GDC DRC the Global Repatriation Council. Also sounds super American. I have this open, um, that's why I have one. No, you're good. No, you're good. So <laughs> um we see a really dark turn. She she kills um a few soldiers and I think some innocent bystanders that were also in the building. Yeah. Um they mentioned it, that one person. It, we're, like, we're seeing, you know, a very, very extremist behavior or uh is that what Sam says? No, some, uh, uh, no. Zemo says they are supremacists. Supremacists, supremacists yes, mm. yes, yeah. Um, and then we also, you know, get to see 
not 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 repercussions, but we also get to see what was not a, even straight up alluded to, told to us about these remaining super soldier vials. At one point, she has a eight, I think, eight remaining or eight right. or twelve, something like that. Yeah, eight um, were taken, twelve remain, I think. So yes, that makes sense. So oh, she only she had eight. No, now I'm confused. Did she have all of them? Did she steal all of the super soldiers here? Impossible. Yeah. Got it. Okay. All 20. Got it. So there were some remaining one left and of course goes to um, Mr. Mr. John Walker. I guess I want to talk a little more about Walker's evolution because we knew this was going to happen at some point, you know, probably since the beginning, but Let's talk about Walker episode one to Walker now. Is it, I felt that it was him trying to live up to this expectation of being Steve Rogers, right? We get to see in the first episode before he does the Good Morning America, you know, um, running, running out to his high school football field and everything. We get to see this kid who just wants to be, he wants to be a hero, but not like for himself. He wants to live up to the mantle, like any of us, like like Steve, or not Steve, like like Bucky and Sam are all in the same boat of like, how can we be as good as this perfect human, right? Flash forward, we see the three episodes later, he is beating a guy to death with a vibranium shield. How do we get here? <laughs> Nick, start here. Start um, this is a take that was definitely influenced by a really good AV Club review I read. Okay. I'm not going to say this is all of my own thinking. but it Shout is, out to AV Club. It is something that I was starting to think about a little bit, and this was very much confirmed by this episode. Uh, and another amazing, surprising thing about these shows. So WandaVision was about grief. Falcon Warner Soldier is about veterans. It's about what you do after war, what you do when your duty has been fulfilled. Who are you? How do you reconcile with your past? What's your purpose? And you realize in this episode that John Walker is unwell. John Walker has PTSD. John Walker has a great deal of guilt for what he did in Afghanistan and he says, you know, I got three medals for like the something like the worst, the thing worst day of my life. Worst or day of my life. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what it is. It's like all these characters have trauma that they are juggling with that tie, you know, that is juxtaposed with the weight of having to live up to Steve's, uh, you know, having to, <laughs> having to um, live up to Steve's reputation. So it's like on one hand, they all have their own demons. On the other hand, there's now this gaping hole left in the world by the absence of Steve, and everyone explores it differently. Uh, Sam is clearly the right one to inherit the mantle because of his empathy, um, and he is seen, you know, giving Carly a chance, seeing something in her that no one else sees, wanting to talk it out with her. John Walker is a soldier first and he charges in and he's aggressive and he makes those mistakes. Um, 
you know, Bucky is trying to get away from all this altogether because he doesn't want to be a weapon. You know, he, he's not a weapon anymore and he's not supposed to be hurting anyone in the first place. But he also, you know, feels conflicted with he, he's mad at Sam. So he has to get himself involved anyway. Um, yeah, it's 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 such an interesting exploration about, you know, and in, in both a literal and figurative kind of parallel to what soldiers go through after coming back from war. And I think that's how we got to where we got. Yeah. And, and you, I think you can... these unspoken depths to him that have, that are being revealed. And I'm sure we'll find out more about what he did. For sure. It'd be great if they did like a, some, some sort of flashback, but I think even I just... thought that was going to happen when oh, yeah. he was, when they were like having a coffee out, which mm-hmm. also that scene bothered me slightly. And I'll tell you why it's because he's captain America. He was just about to be, you know, he's been in how many fights and he's out there, ju- you know, just out in Europe, having a coffee, signing autographs. The guy could get like nuked at any moment. Oh yeah. My friend was calling that. Out. I watched this with he's some like, what friends are you doing? every week. Like, eh. And he's like, he's like, like, dude could get headshot like anywhere, anytime. And he's dead. He's not a super soldier. Yeah. He is like a walking bullseye, you know. <laughs> like he could get taken out so easily, so quickly. It's funny now, too. not so much, but it's it's true. It's funny <laughs> that. Well, first of all, it was weird that I thought it was strange right right off the bat that he didn't already have the super soldier serum. That yeah, that is I, that is weird that they they, they just basically America picked a knows. really successful white guy. Like they don't because really they don't like have, the government doesn't have it. The US which again is weird. Yeah, not weird because we saw even going all the way back to 2008 with the Incredible Hulk that they had been trying to reproduce uh, Erkstein's original serum, and it failed miserably. It still amplified the bad in people. So I just I don't know. I felt I think it was it makes sense in terms of the progression of the show. He gets it now because it just puts him into overdrive of like, I am, you know, U.S. agent. I am super patriot, not Captain America. And I just, Steve, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, go, go. I was going to say Steve was chosen for such a specific reason. And it's Correct. a combination of the factors of his health and his life experiences. And the fact that he, he is weak and he is, he, he, he will appreciate the strength mm-hmm. in a way that an average person won't. So going from that to, you know, basically they said as about a, a perfect of a human being as you could have and, a, you know, a complete star on the battlefield and, you know, athletic and smart and awarded and all that, and then give him the serum, you're seeing how drastically power can corrupt different types of people. But did, I don't know if he mentioned this, in that in the in episode three when we're in the lab but did he mention like i know he said that he improved upon the serum where it didn't turn you into you know a massive you know gigantic human like it, steve's transformation yeah because steve was so or, small so right so small yeah. you episodes multiple times do you remember him talking about that yeah, Ryan, that is a good question do you know if he said about the amplification of like the bad to the good because in reality, we're not seeing the Flag Smashers as like "quote unquote" bad outside of Carly. Right, right, right. Well, and we're that's just, even mur- that's even a muddy it's murky. But I'm saying like 
I, it's it's like they portray the super soldier serum as like steroids, mm-hmm. right? In the in the in the essence of like, I just watched my best friend die in front of me. It's go time. Like I'm, I don't give a shit who's in my way. I'm going to take tear you all apart. I I'm going to say it is still an amplification of like if it if you're very bad. You're only going to get worse. You're very good. And Nick, I totally agree with you. Not on the health aspect, but the reason Irksign or Irksign or whatever chose Steve was because of his intentions and his heart, right? It was not that he wanted to go kill Nazis. He hated bullies. Mm -hmm. He wanted to fight because he wanted to help. It wasn't to, it wasn't for vengeance. It wasn't for any of this kind of stuff. And and what did Steve do before he got the serum? He jumped on that jumped on that grenade. Grenade that wasn't help, actually that to was help his other soldiers. And what weapon is he known for? A shield which wow. he attacks with, but it's it's a tool of protection. Yep. You know, first and foremost, it is something to protect, not mm-hmm. to harm. And that's like kind of that all ties into like which is funny Steve. because Walker Used it. it mostly to just throw at people, and, and then before you know, MDK all fucking day. Uh, <laughs> only Nick would get when I say that. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he he uses that as a weapon, not a a mode of protection. Yeah, yeah. but I think, and I think that's just you can dive into this so many different ways. But like, oh, don't worry, you're gonna hate my dive into it. Well, <laughs> well, in the sense that, like, say say Captain America exists in real life in our world. What are we seeing of him? We're seeing him use the shield as a weapon. So if you're getting trained to be the next Captain America, you need to be able to use it as a weapon because that is your basically your only weapon. Um, well, his training of, to be the next Captain America was just that he's a soldier. Like Correct. So he already had that. Like, remember, Cap was just this weak kid from Brooklyn. Yeah. This guy is, again, a top tier army soldier and then he gets the mantle of captain america it's just such a day and night kind of situation it's very true um let's let's go into well, for, for uh, go bill go into your theory and then we're going to talk power broker okay so unless ryan had something too uh my theory is that um captain america represented the essence of post war uh, of World War II and post World War II America, like this idealized time that we all talk about, and we are, if we're going to extrapolate that to now, what was something during the last presidency everyone wanted to make America great again? This isn't a political statement, but think about that, and we were going to do that at any cost. In fact, there's a great line in the trailer for the Suicide Squad, which John Cena says he's like, "I love peace so much, I don't care how many men, women, and children I have to kill in order to do it." And if it meant free to winning the beach, he would eat every dick on the beach. Regardless, the first I one is wait for that movie. Oh, come on. <laughs> We're just going to do a special episode. Just we will that. do a special episode oh, on the Suicide Squad. Everyone's sure. invited. You're all invited. Yeah. All six of you listen to it. Um, so anyway, it's the thing is just like at all costs. And that is what John Walker is. It's like he's trying to they're trying to make America or make Captain America great. We're trying to find a symbol for the world. We're trying to market this new world order idea to the masses and who better to put forward than Captain America. So he's much, and this also ties into an American ideal of 
We have to be successful. We have to, have to, have to, and fuck the costs. It doesn't matter if our health, like our physical, mental, spiritual health is, is sacrificed for it. And that's what he does because he is supposed to be the symbol of making the world great again, bringing it back to the ideal of Captain America, which was just an idea because this idea of Captain America was embodied by Captain America. It wasn't idea, um, embodied by America because we've seen what's happened with Isaiah Bradley, who was essentially a contemporary of Captain America, who was in prison for 30 years and was a lab experiment. So there was no idealized America. There was no ideal, like this Captain America's ideal. So they weren't realized in the country, much like we we thought, or not we on this podcast, but people thought in this country, the 50s and the 40s and the 60s were. And we also have that ideal of success at all costs. And that's what John Walker, I think, is really representing. And that's why I think we could relate, maybe not relate, but we could feel that. And it's it's so much scarier than Crimson Skull or any of these other villains because it's just like this was embodied in this country most recently and I'm not making a political statement but it's just like those are very scary things and now you've just given him super soldier serum that's frightening yeah but I also it's going to get really that. ugly I mean it already has gotten really ugly that last shot I'll, is just, I'll say my, my last theory one smart thing I'll say on this podcast is Carly Morgenthal said I want to kill Captain America. And in my opinion, she did. Because yep. everyone filmed Captain America being a cold-blooded murderer. A guy she pulled his emo. No, 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 no. She pulled his emo. Yeah. Well, not intentionally. She didn't. Not intentionally. I unintentionally pulled it because he killed a man begging for mercy. Mm-hmm in the middle and he was defenseless and he he murdered mdk all fucking day blood everywhere on that shield that Holy moment was shit. the death of captain america he was he was killed in front of the world and the world was watching yeah. yes they um, went there not, and they not, went there not, I have they, nothing better to say on this podcast they <laughs> went there and they went there all the way they were balls deep in that terrifying gory image just because they didn't show every little last bit didn't matter that right. shot of the shield is chilling it is disturbing it is and it's wrong. on disney plus which i was very surprised at <laughs> yeah i'm sorry no also, I, 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 they know, say a, shit every other word on this show it's brought my that favorite up last word. week i know it's just, it's just like <laughs> everyone wants to go to moana after i just be like oh okay there, there's hey hey i'm okay i frequently I so frequently reference uh another podcaster mark bernardin who uh t- and also he is a i think the supervising producer he's a very very high up in um picard uh star trek picard he got an oh, awesome new job which is great um he tweeted something yesterday that went pretty viral as well and it totally makes sense steve rogers is who america wants to be john walker is who america is yeah it is such a frighteningly Accurate statement as Bill puts on his <laughs> his aviators and drinks his uh what was it Jameson and Diet Jameson Coke? and Coke caffeine free uh, Diet Coke yeah yes. nice I want to sleep tonight uh, yeah. but yeah no I put it on because that was my best point I've made on this podcast in 53 episodes I'm fucking done he's out, Bill, out. Bill's leaving Bill Bill come back um, Ryan yeah, I, haven't heard, back. I haven't heard you in a, a little bit I want to talk let's let's kick off 
I, I did say power broker next, but I, I feel it's a disservice to not talk about kind of the headway we made with Sam and Carly. Mm-hmm. We get some heart to hearts and we also get to see the, the lengths that Carly will go to win or to get, you know, to get her message across. Right. How do you feel they're not portraying Sam, but how do you feel like they're including Sam in his own show? Because I feel like he's being overshadowed a lot in this show with your Zemos, your Bucky, even though he's the second build. Um, And now the Dormelage, like we're getting a ton in this six episode show. (laughs) Do you feel that Sam is getting overshadowed or, or as Nick said, or was going to probably say, is he the, the heart? Is he the, the essence of the show that's really tying it all together? He's definitely going to have to come swoop in, no pun intended, ah! to kind Love of it. just... Comedian Ryan Barry, everybody. Yeah. Thank God. Well, that's the best thing I've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> Ryan, don't leave. don't leave. No, he should never leave. He, don't leave. Don't. He's, he's going to be the new me. Stay here. He's replacing um, me now. I do feel like for the storytelling, for the characters that they're introducing, but then also equally kind of giving screen time, but then taking out. Yeah, he is sort of falling into the background, but I know that we still have two episodes left of The Falcon and The Winter Soldier. <laughs> like, this is going to be, Zemo is gone, the Dora Milaje are like, peace. Uh, we, <laughs> in the sewers. <laughs> Um, oh God! What did they? What was the line they said? Oh, he pulled. Uh, and I'm like, it wasn't Shawshank. Was the oh. uh, <laughs> was Shawshank? Was it Shawshank? No, when they they like uh, Zemo pulled up. Uh, I rewound that twice and I couldn't catch what they said. Uh, it was clever as fuck too. I was just like, ah, oh, so whatever it was, it was so clever. <laughs> so clever, I forgot it. <laughs> um. I think it's sort of given all of these characters, you know, we're caught up and and even for this one, like Sharon Carter, she's just in that bar sitting pretty, just kind of doing her thing, which is holding El Chapo. <laughs> oh, El Chapo, that's it. Sorry. I don't Sorry know how much more a lot of these other characters are going to be, you know, brought into the center. I think now we're kind of dealing with who's left on the board. And I'm just I'm I'm so thrilled. And I just have to say, uh, I mean, I really think. I think John Walker, he like really brought it this week. And like, even those scenes where he's kind of like tweaking and stuff, it's weird because I still, I want to see Falcon and I want to see Bucky and I want to see them take the shield and like get into it. But I I do kind of, I'm so glued to the TV, you know, just to kind of see how this spiral plays. It's like Britney Spears, 2008. It's just, Mm -hmm. I have to figure out where this is going. Yeah, Uh, It's, it's it's uh, it's very fun, but also one thing that I saw today was that um, USA Agents costume does not contain any color white in it, and because in the American flag the color white represents purity. Ah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, well, that's that's pretty dope. That's pretty. I I I you know I I brought up you know Falcon getting a little overshadowed because. I think if you remove um, John Walker from the equation of this episode, you get some of Anthony Mackie's best 
Sam in this episode. You know, we get to see the Sam that we met in Winter Soldier. We get to see, you know, the when the counselor, right? Um, I I just I love that. I love that aspect of this, and it almost makes me wish that this wasn't six episodes because I want to just see. I want to see more of Sam post post Endgame. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's what's so odd about this show is like every episode. You know, people have talked about oh, this is a little feels more like a traditional Marvel movie, and it could be six episodes that add up to a long movie. But every episode is like completely different. Yeah, there's a different tone. There's different settings. There's you know, it, it, and they and they pivot like. Thinking about episodes one and two, I feel like we've gone so far away from a lot of the topics and events of those. Like, you know, we've got Sam's sister, and yes, she was involved in that she was being threatened, but that's really it. She's on the other side of a phone. That's pretty much all we get of her. And, you know, the Isaiah Bradley stuff, I mean, I hope that comes back, but again, it happened in episode two, and... We haven't touched it since. We went to Madripoor, and that was a, a total diversion of its own. I and wish we now, stayed. And now we have, you know, this this kind of deeper dive into the Flag Smashers and then John Walker's complete destruction. Um, Can I disagree? Yeah. Because I, I think, like, yes, he, he is pushed back a little bit, Anthony Mackie. But I feel like they're setting him up just like you guys were saying earlier because of his empathy and because of his heart that he's had these conversations. Like they're very Steve Rogers conversations. Like, like Sam is way different here than he was in winter soldier. When we first met him, where he was more like, I'm a soldier. Like he was like John Walker. He was a soldier pressed into duty and he was, you know, he, he was just like, all right, whatever you say, and go, I'm going to go into a, you know, it was all action. He was all action, all reaction. And now he's thinking with his heart and his head. So it's like he, they're setting him up for that. The thing I was very interested with the Carly character is like, and it was a little, I don't know how I felt about it. Was just like, she just happened to find the sister's phone number and was like, hey, what up, dude? Uh, yeah, I, I might kill you, but I like you. Don't come alone. And then he was like, Sam, come alone. Oh, you didn't come alone, but I'm not going to kill your sister. It's just like, that didn't totally work for me, but it was like, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. this weird, like all of a sudden she's like this freedom fighter, but all of a sudden she has all this information. She knows everything about Sam. I and just it, hated the, the... She knows he, she can't get a bank loan for the family house. So it's just like, how does on the run freedom fighter know this this that's that's that there is a disconnect that i'm hoping is being fed we'll find out it's being fed by the power broker or hmm. somebody or you know i don't know about disconnect i think just it's like it's millennial activists you know it's very tech savvy you see them going on the computers and like the second yeah, episode but like how do you it just know that he gets denied for a bank hacking record? i don't know it's just it just i think it just has to be implied the thing i didn't like about this episode is the double meetup is the, 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 the having to do two different kind of meetups between Carly and them. Yeah. I just just felt that was unnecessary. I feel like they could have merged it and make it the one, Mm -hmm. but I guess they wanted to include the whole bringing it, tying it back to the sister. And I feel like it also didn't make sense that he was fully falconed up. 
if he didn't the second like, time yeah yeah the second time he's like oh i'm just gonna go talk peace with her but i got my falcon gear on well, <laughs> yeah. well she, just in case it's like she brought the falcon i mean i think that's the, yeah she it implied she, she had already threatened you know the sister safety of his sister and, the, and uh, his family so he could oh, he could show up by himself i would have rather than, he could show up by himself but he's gonna show up ready to fight if he has i, to. I yeah. wish i wish bucky wasn't there though I would yes. have rather of him taken that to just try and fuel the tension between Bucky and Sam further, yeah. where he's like, why are you doing this? And he's like, it's what's any, you could easily, the line that writes everything off in this, the ultimate shutdown is it's what Steve would have done. Yep. Cool. Steve would have gone on his own to do it. He would have. W W S R D. What would Steve Rogers do? Yeah. What would, yeah, what would Steve Rogers do? That needs to be a t-shirt. Um, I, I was going to say, we merged like a ton of segments, so I feel like I should say mandatory therapy and the assets. So, just... Ryan, why don't you want to be Ryan Barry anymore? <laughs> back from the beginning of the podcast. No, I, I want to talk Power Broker because mm. when we were doing the WandaVision podcast, the great thing about it doing it every week was the, <laughs> the nonsense. what I got wrong every week. The, that's what I say. The nonsense theories that we would come up with. Yeah were amazing like of course my favorite of bills being that that the dog sparky was actually the beekeeper and that's the way they killed him they never a better theory than what actually happened wrong. nothing wrong no they never proved wrong but sorry, sorry real quick i just want to i i, I kind of messed up by talking about um Oh God, I don't even know what I talked about. But like, I jumped in and said something. But what I really wanted to say was I was shaking my head earlier, which was that I completely disagree about Sam taking a back seat. He is the heart of the show. He Mm -hmm. is also essentially who we are seeing all of this through. We're seeing it through his eyes, even though, yes, it's him and other people on the screen at all times. But it is all, to me, everything feels like it's, you're viewing it from Sam's perspective. You're thinking about Sam's emotions. He's the, he's like the most, you know, even though he's obviously an elite soldier, he's kind of the most like regular dude that, you know, he, he cares for his sister. He wants to help his family out. You know, he's very empathetic. And, um, if I, di- I disagree, like I half, think, half of that, I I'm going to tell you why in a second. I think it all comes back to him in every scene. I mean, he was the linchpin of trying to reason with Carly um, like Walker goes against what he was trying to accomplish, and you see his his fear and and shock of that. And I I don't know. I feel like I don't feel like he's taking a backseat at all. I think they're doing a really great job of highlighting other characters and spotlighting other plots, mm-hmm. but it is always colored by his viewpoint and his feelings. Yeah, I want to I want to agree with I'm going to agree with half of that especially the end i'm, I'm agreeing with that okay. the, i will say though i don't think we're seeing it through his eyes i see i think we're seeing it through both him and bucky's eyes because these two people make one steve rogers hmm. so we are seeing these two people who are missing one aspect or multiple aspects that can make them the next captain america uh, uh with with sam we have the empathy, the heart, and he is an Avenger, basically. He but he is not a super soldier. And like unfortunately, question mark, he's not white. He is not the American ideal. He is not John Walker. So that's where the race 
play comes in. That's that's it's terrible, but at the same time, I'm so glad that they're talking about that. Like Steve, you did the right thing. I mean, uh, Sam, you did the right thing by you know donating the shield to the Smithsonian. Like this is the right thing to do. And like ten minutes later, we gave it to a white guy. He deserves it. Then you get Bucky, who could have been the next Captain America, but if it wasn't for trauma, it was if it wasn't for, you know, he he gets the Hydra brainwashing. He has thousands question mark number of killings that he did under brainwash, under under someone else's control. He's dealing with that, and Steve saw in him the good but he doesn't see it in himself. That's where Sam is. That's where he is. Like Sam is that. And Bucky could be quote unquote, the next Captain America, just because he has the super soldiers here, but he doesn't have the empathy and the heart. Bucky could have never been Captain America. Cause everyone thought he was dead and he didn't get the super soldiers serum until he was kidnapped. Sorry. No, no, I'm saying now, like in the sense of now, like you're just seeing two, um, two people who are not whole in the mm-hmm. sense of like, mm-hmm. I can't be Steve Rogers yeah. because I'm missing this. That's and that's cool. why I love this show because it's the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's not so, a Falcon or the right. next Captain America. I think, America. It's, I think though it's like 70-30 Falcon. I think that's kind of why. Like, I, I, I think they're leaning I towards that. With him more, but yeah. No, for oh, sure. Bill looked like he were gonna, looked like go, he go. was going to say something. Oh, I was just making a dumb joke that Bucky cannot grow as glorious of a beard as Steve Rogers because motherfucker... <laughs> I almost won a fantasy football championship with the name Captain America's beard. So <laughs> it was every it made every it made every human smooth with that beard. I gotta say though, Sebastian Sam looks very dapper in this show. I like. Oh my god! Daddy got a haircut. Oh, yeah, I said, give me the Sebastian Stan. They said, who? I said, never mind. <laughs> I said, like, I'm taking my business elsewhere. Like, <laughs> like, can you make me look less like Nick Kroll? Thank you. They said, absolutely impossible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk Power Broker before we get into pop culture recommendations. Again, the setup was... You have to rate the episode too, brother. Yeah, we'll get there too. But WandaVision, every week we had more questions and answers. That was a great thing. The only big two questions that we have with this show is, who's going to be the next Captain America? Can only be so many people. Who is the Power Broker? So I'm just going to go around the room, individual rooms. I'm going to start with, Mr. Ryan Barry, who's the power broker? I I know last week I said it would be interesting if it was Sharon Carter. I I you guys, your voices have been in my head all week. Oh no. Um, so sorry. I, That's the <laughs> I can't sleep. Uh I I don't think it is her, but I I truly don't know. I think it would be great if they kind of brought someone out of left field, but I can't even I couldn't even pinpoint. At this point, I, I, which is such a weak answer, but it is. That's, that's all okay. I got. For you. That's all I. That's all I got for you, Bill. I, yeah, I have to cut Ryan off because it was such a weak answer. I'm kidding. <laughs> God, I agree with Ryan because it's just like um, it looked like it was so like you thought it could be Sharon. It was like Sharon was a distinct possibility, and now it looks like she's just like the surveillance dude for. Mm-hmm. Bucky and Sam. I mean, there's. I mean, listen, it, she could still pull down the the eleventh hour and be that power broker, but I don't think it is. I remember I said it could be Doctor Doom, especially since they were in Latvia or you know whatever Latavia, which was what we found out was 
Ryan so definitely pointed out last week. Um, I think it's someone we're not, I mean, the power broker is going to be someone we're not expecting, but when it happens, we'll be like, shit, we should have seen that coming. Um, and I, I can't know, believe it was Sparky the dog. I can't believe it was goddamn Wanda Maximoff the whole time. This was <laughs> a sequel to WandaVision. Uh, I mean, like if you like, there are a lot of possibilities who this could be, uh, but I think it'll be someone that we're like, oh shit, we should have seen that as. Um, Ryan, I think last week was it you who brought up Killmonger? No, it was me. Oh. We were just spitting out a ton of names. It would I'm going to give Brian credit because I don't like Give Brian name. credit. It's fine. I'm pretty sure I said it, but it would be cool. I don't like ever giving No, I said Mordo. Yeah, that was cool too. Oh, that's right. Like that could, like, that's a good, like, I feel like it's someone we've seen. I will not be surprised whoever it is. Whoever steps out onto the playing field, I'll be like, oh, I'm so there. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, we're like, ah, son of a oh, bitch. We should have known. I, it's Bruce Banner. Like, I want to hear Matthew Barry from ESPN Fantasy Football, who worked with Hydra. <laughs> Shit. I want to hear Nick's oh, pick right. before I, I, I throw a theory that I saw on the internet that I don't like. So, oh, Nick, go. All right. Robert yeah. Redford's animated corpse. I got, I got this for y'all. I got this. It's not a character. It's not a character we've seen before. It's not someone we've heard of. It's going to be some totally random new character, but it's going to be a very famous actor. It's going to be a huge star, a huge face where we're like, oh shit, they got them in this. They got got Meryl Streep. Oh my God, it was Meryl Streep. You know who it's going to be? It's going to be Giancarlo Esposito. Fuck. Shut shut your Face. I mean, boy. if it's not Meryl Streep or John Carl Esposito, I'd be like, then why are we watching? Why? What yeah. the, close the MCU. Close the MCU. Is oh there God. anyone from any movies coming up that it could possibly be? Like, it can't be Loki. I have no right? idea. No. I mean, if it was, I wouldn't hate it. I think I saw. I think I saw someone talk about like it could be a potential lead-in for Shang Chi. Mm. Well, so I know nothing about Adele, the power uh, broker from Mordo. Yeah, same. Like I don't know a lot of uh, I don't know Master of Kung Fu like at all, and I almost don't want to do a deep dive because I want to kind of be surprised okay. and then learn later. The one theory I think Bill kind of just said it was there is a, a theory online that it's a it's Zemo and it's just a Kaiser Soze kind of way of revealing it. I think it would be kind of a cop out. Yeah, that's what a lot of people are saying. Because yeah, it would be a cop out. But now, now we're getting into the same territory, the Mephisto territory of expectation versus reality. Like, yep. remember, this show was written. This is not something that they can hear people's theories and say, oh, that's a good idea. Let's go film that real, real quick, right? So, or they can. Who knows? Marvel's crazy. But, you know, I think whatever the outcome, half the people are not going to be happy about it unless it is someone of like a Dr. Doom level or, you know, uh, or a huge, huge actor. But I mean, the only other thing I could think of, and it's really random, is Kingpin. But it's Madripoor. Like, Kingpin I know, is synonymous with New York. I know. That's the only no thing sense. I could. I was just like, who's like a I know. crime syndicate guy that we all kind of know? And it's like him. Like, it would be cool. And Ryan. Ryan might know this, but I, there's no Madripoor connection to him, but the hood. 
would be really cool. Oh, I only know him from like my little mobile game. <laughs> yeah. The hood, the hood for, for those who aren't aware is a Brian. It's actually another Brian K Vaughn invention. It was like a, it was like a Marvel, like max kind of series, like a six rated M kind of. Yeah. Like a rated M. And basically it's this guy who's like a, who's like a, um, like a low life, like a low level criminal who gets like this magic hood and becomes like this, like, criminal mastermind kind of guy and it's like it's like the opposite of spider-man in terms of like with great power comes oh. great responsibility it's like what if what if a really shitty guy got powers and became just like shittier so um that's a really terrible way to describe it but he's, he's had some pretty cool arcs in the comics um i thought that would be kind of cool but again i don't think he has any sort of connection to madripoor by the way after the episode where we're introduced to Madripoor in the MCU, Marvel launched a website, which I thought was really interesting with like Madripoor.com. Yeah. <laughs> and it has like little Easter eggs and stuff. And then what happened was there were a few references to X-Men and they removed them. Oh because- yeah. I, that was something when they visited Selby, they, they're like, did Marvel just introduce the first X-Men? I'm like, ah, oh, shut up. There yeah. was nothing about that person that screamed mutant. Um, yeah. And Ken right now is screaming mutants. Because that could, I mean, man, if it was tied into mutants, I mean, like, there's ways you could play into um, the Hellfire Club. You could play into Magneto. You could play yeah. into um, again. Again, it goes back to like, but like I don't think that's Wakanda. gonna happen. Yeah, I don't think so either. Like, I think WandaVision like, taught us that lesson. WandaVision yeah. taught us that. They're not going to introduce the X-Men no, on episode no. five of another show. <laughs> it's I do not going to happen. If it's like, I think if you're like the greater odds are it's Zemo or Sharon. And if not, it's someone we've seen before. And I, w- I actually would like it if it was Sharon, just be like, fuck you guys. I was, I was expatriated for helping your ass time for time yeah. to die. I don't wake up. It's time to die. It would be funny if, it's revealed at Sharon after they're like, Hey, you're, you're good. Your name's cleared. Like you're all set. Oh, that's great. Now I can do whatever I want on the power mm-hmm. broker. That would be interesting. That would be cool. But again, Robert Redford I think comes back. if you do any, I think I totally agree, Bill. If it's not either of them, it has to be someone that we are familiar with, whether yeah. it is by name from the comics mm-hmm. or by someone we've met before. That's why I like the Arnim Zola. Oh my god, right? <laughs> my boy Toby Justin <laughs> Hammer. Imagine if it was Justin Hammer. He's not competent enough to do that. No, I'm he's sorry. not. And if we don't oh. get Justin Hammer in Armory Wars, what is Oh, we have the to. Point. Absolutely. What is the point? Stop it. But um, we don't know like what villains disappeared during the snap and like who came back and what. So it's sort of it really it, honestly it, it's funny. I, I think you have to assume that every villain that has been introduced in the MCU thus far that has not been murdered or killed in some capacity is fair play. Yeah. Like I, I was thinking like, cause they, um, they announced for the She-Hulk series that um, uh, what's it, our, our boy, um, uh, the abominations coming back. Tim Roth. Yeah. Tim oh. Roth. Yeah. So anyone is on the table if they have survived in some capacity. That's I mean, what not, kind not, of, a, not a villain, but they were, they managed to get Natalie Portman to come back. Come on. Yeah. Anything, anything can happen. Anything's possible. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Well, that was a lot of fun, but we have to do one more thing before we wrap up socially in the winter distance. And that is 
Yeah, it is, Bill. We're going to be doing our episode rating from no, 1 to 10. Oh, I know. It pisses you off. And that's the reason Sorry, I did that. Oh, thank you. Um, do you have a better one there, Nick? No. There you go. All right. Cool. So we're going to do uh, a <laughs> episode rating 1 to 10. <laughs> Dad, I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I'm just disappointed. One, <laughs> 1 to 10 bloody shields, as Bill, as Bill uh, made me say, uh, under contract. So give us your rating one to 10 bloody shields of this episode. Um, and just your general overall thoughts. I will start with Bill Bodkin, which I never do. Oh shit. Uh, he's not prepared. Nope. Uh, I'm going to go eight and a half. This is probably, I think was one of the best ones. No doubt. Mm -hmm. Um, the action was fantastic. I mean, we got, I mean, just that scene in the in like their living room, essentially, uh, where they're fighting the Wakandan Secret Service is just—it's so awesome. It's just great. And then when we the the climactic um, battles, you know, fight sequence where they're going all over the place, and Bucky kicks a guy through a brick wall, and it's like, stay there. And I'm just like, I know it's a cheesy line, but I appreciated it. Um, and we they killed off Battlestar. I was just like, oh, he's going to stick around the whole series. And just like, nope, dead. I still think we will see him. Uh, I said to Al, I said, I would not be shocked if he was in a post-credit sequence at the finale in a lab, in some sort of thing being revived because they've figured out the super soldier thing or something like that, or something happens. Like, he is a character that's been around for a while in the show, in this, in the comics. So it's like, I could see them bringing him back. I love this. I loved everything they did with John Walker in this. White Russell's done a great job performing. Um, I really liked in that, you know, the coffee scene, which makes no logical sense, but the exposition he gives about what he and Battlestar would have given to have the super soldier serum in order to save all the people that they lost in Afghanistan. It was, it's such a powerful moment and it just shows you how he's just, how this job is really, really breaking him down. Like it's just, he wants to do right. He wants to be good. He wants to live up to this American ideal of justice and honor and, and bringing peace to the world. I mean, and imagine having on one man's shoulders trying to bring peace to the world. That's your responsibility. You embody that. And I think why Russell does a wonderful job showing the pressure of that, which I don't know if any of us can ever even imagine, but we can palpably, like we can almost taste it in that scene. And then just to see him lose his mind because his best friend Lamar was killed by these revolutionaries was just such a powerful scene. So you got great traumatic moments, such great tension in it. And of course, Zemo is just wonderful, you know, bringing Turkish delights, you know, a little nice little line, which in the wardrobe reference for everyone. And that's how he gets his information. And then he pulls El Chapo. Not the last time we're going to see him. Um, long live Zemo. He's the one of the fucking best characters. So I'm going to give this eight and a half to 10. I love this episode. It was so good. Really. And this is the, I was told, I, I told Alex, I would say this. This is the anti-ultimate episode because it's the third from the finale. So we're heading into the penultimate episode next week. So I'm excited how this has been set up. And again, six episodes. It feels like we need another one or two just to really get some more plot in there. But I, I have faith they're going to knock it out of the park. Mr. Picaro. 
Uh, nine out of ten bloody shields. This was phenomenal. Uh, the only things holding it back from a ten, I would say, are that the weirdness of the double encounter, the double meetup. Um, and uh, yeah, it, like some things, I think, just felt a little repetitive with the the locale, and also Carly just gets on my nerves. I get what she's going for, but it's like. Ugh, I don't know. Like that, that, I can tell that actress is very talented, but I just am not totally convinced. Uh, I think I'm probably one of the only people that's not a huge fan of that portrayal or that character. Um, but yeah, uh, one of the best visuals in the MCU period, uh, that shot of John with the shield at the very end, um, had me basically screaming. Uh, <laughs> as I tend to do on the Zoom calls I have with my friends where we watch the Marvel shows. Uh, a lot of hooting and hollering. Um, yeah, the the extra, you know, the more insight we get into John, the, the, the twists of, of him deciding to take, you know, we, we, we had a feeling that it would happen, but when it actually happens and how fast it happens, and it's like, oh, no, he's, he's superpowered now. Good luck. Uh this show is is a thrill ride, and this was, I think, the best episode to date. I can't wait for the other two. I'm just going to let it happen. I'm not going to theorize too much. I'm not going to do too much research. I'm just going to let it happen. Smart. Mr. Barry? I think WandaVision really prepared us for a lot of stuff. It's like, guys, just stop thinking too much. <laughs> let it happen. Just enjoy it. You? So much disappointment. Just attack. Just um, attack. I'm also going to give it nine, nine bloody shields. I think that first scene with Sebastian Stan, I th- that was very emotional. And I think I was like, okay, he's not just phoning it in. He's, he's doing good work. I really dug it. I kind of love that there were aspects about all their pasts in there, like Bucky and Wakanda and Sam's time as like a counselor and that kind of like coming back. I really dug um, even Zemo, like him interacting with that, those kids, at first I was like, that's a little weird, but like, I forgot he had children who died and I was like, oh yeah. Okay. That works for me. It's got layers um, like ogres and onions. Yeah. I think, um, I think for me, the, the jokes are landing a little bit. There's not a ton, but yeah, they're landing a little bit better. It seems like a little bit more effortless. And I, I okay. dig that. Um, I also hate Carly because she's so young and successful. Um, <laughs> Is she successful? <laughs> More than us. There were these cheap ass masks. You know? well, those things. Those things hold up against a super soldier punch. I'm not going to knock them too. Yeah, much. but I think this is like Agreedium is way cheaper post blip. <laughs> this um this episode I think is where I I think it kind of takes off on its own. It really kind of stands up 100 percent against like Wandavision as like just I think. A great show. Uh, I'm very excited for the final two episodes. And again, yeah, John Walker, um, Russell, I think he's killing it, literally. And that, again, that 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 scene sticks with you when he's just yeah. standing in the town square yeah. and he's like, bit of a whoops. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's got this bewildered look on his face. <laughs> Did I do that? <laughs> it's just, uh, it. I, I was sitting there and, and it's still something... It makes me feel dirty. Like it's just yeah. like, oh my god! But I, I think it's really getting into gear, and uh, I'm I'm thrilled. I love it. Nine shields. Chef's yeah, when they when when you see everyone stops, even like the quote unquote villain and the heroes stop to watch, be like, 
fuck did you just do? That's when you know it's like they you get the Kevin McAllister. Like a half second of silence before he's like, oh God. <laughs> if, it, if it just cut like, like cut to black credits and instead of the normal like fanfare that they do, it just was childish Gambinos, this is America, I'd be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> or, I mean, literally or you, you do the silent credits. You just silent do credits totally silent oh, credits. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just that bloody shield shot and him holding oh, it. He's oh so defiant. You're just like, fuck you. Yep. <laughs> and you feel bad for him, but it's just like, yeah, oh, mm-hmm. never mind. Just drop the shield. <laughs> I'll go quick. I'm going to say uh, also, because Bill has to be left out, nine out of ten. I think Nick said a lot of the reasons for me that it didn't hit the ten mark. The, the, the double meetup pissed me off just from a storytelling perspective. Um, and then I will agree with Ryan that seeing everyone's emotional beats throughout, or the, you know, at least the characters we were focusing on, uh, was great. That Bucky scene had me like I was in and I, I knew that this show had the potential to be like the spiritual sequel to Captain America winter soldier. And that like this episode was the one that did it because of all the layers that they're trying to go for and they're nailing Mm -hmm. if so much. It's the way it's shot. Yeah. Oh, the fight scene. I was like, this is winter soldier. Like that's what I loved. It's gritty as hell. So gritty, fast pace, gritty, very, you know, you could say John Wickian in that sense. Like, I don't know. Can we make that a verb now or no? Well, the past two episodes were written by the guy who created John wick. There you go. Wrote all the movies. There it is. A lot of not, and like Bucky said, just with all the knives. There's a lot of stabbing. There's <laughs> the so knives. much stabbing. There's stabbing and S bombs. <laughs> That's the yeah. show. Yeah. It's like a lot of shitty stabbing. That was the original title. Stabbing. Stabbing and S bombs. That's the name of my new album. Yeah. Shitty stabbings. I saw right. like Sharon's Sharon's like roll over, like, here's a huge knife in your Dude. that is still the most visceral. Again, I God. What? I said it. Le- I said it last week. I'm like, this is a fight scene that they made for Black Widow movie, but they're like, you know what? Let's fuck Black Widow. We're gonna put it in this. Like that's that's how that it felt. Incredible. That was it an amazing fight. Tasha is gonna end up. Being I the, the one thing that I'm upset about, and I'm upset preemptively because I do not know the end, the outcome of the show is I want more U.S. agent. I want more Super Patriot. I want more John fucking Walker. Oh, you'll get it. I know, but I want him post this, and I feel like there will be no super soldiers leaving this show alive. No, I think he's. I think he's sticking around. I. It would be don't great know if he about did. that part, but I don't know if it's John Walker though. Why do you hire Wyatt Russell for a six-episode show when he's like an emerging star? Why not keep him keep him around? He's because I feel like with the season two, you would focus on a different villain, and they're known for getting phenomenal actors for one movie. I don't think it has to be a season two thing. I think he can be in the background or in the foreground of other movies and be kind of a persistent. I, like I, I don't know. I they, so. they, like I, like I said, anything is on the table. I mean, yeah. they they can bring people you back make an and rated U.S. agent show and put it on Hulu where he's just like, oh my god, and just being a dick. We're getting that. It's called Peacemaker. <laughs> oh shit, you're right. I'm so excited for that. <laughs> okay, so. 
that ends socially and the winter distance, the title that Nick hates, but can't give me an alternative. So if he comes up with one, we will change it for the last two episodes. Uh, we're going to go into our pop culture recommendations. This segment was one of the only things remaining from our original show where, um, you know, this whole podcast started to just get away from quarantine, get away from the pandemic and just talk to our friends for a little bit. Pop culture recommendations can be new, can be old, can be anything. I'm going to start real quick. I've been uh, in sort of a rewatch slash catch up with Bob's Burgers, one of the best animated comedies of all time. Uh, And that's currently on TV. And not only that, it's still consistently good 12 seasons in, which can't be said for a lot of animated comedies out there. Um, Can I give you a quick pop break story about this? No. Yes. So owns the site. He's like, it's my website. Uh, So at New York Comic Con in 2000, I want to say 2013, our first TV editor, Luke Calmore, dressed as (laughs) Jimmy Jr. (laughs) Jimmy Jr., and they were they were at the panel for the um, for yeah I was there past. I was right next to him you were right next to him yep. and they made him do the Jimmy Junior dance yeah we we couple we hundred made, people it was we, incredible we sat next to the microphone like we were right in that aisle and because he was dressed as Jimmy Junior and his wife was dressed as Tina Belcher yeah um they were like you I'm like you need to go up and ask a question so we went and asked a question and they said like can you do the dance and he did like the jimmy jr dance and it was so fucking funny <laughs> it's very true to life but but if you have not watched bob's burgers yet which you're a big idiot if you have not it is such and a great show aren't we getting a bob's burgers full-length movie we are gonna get a bob's burgers movie and because this is basically a disney sponsored podcast disney owns bob's burgers now because they own fox um so Fox's television division specifically. Fox's television division specifically. Or no, sorry, it's it's Fox's creative studios. Yeah, no, they own the the network news television stuff is another company. It's different company. It's split up. It's all the creative stuff. So they own yeah the creative Avatar for some reason, and then and then Buzz Burgers. Pandora Uh, Animal Kingdom is pretty sick though. I I gotta tell you, I can't wait for the nineteen Avatar sequels we're going to be getting in the next two years. When everyone forgot about that franchise. Anyway, sorry, Al, we hijacked you. No, you're good. You're fine. You guys are good. And then Bill puts his glasses back on. Um, Right. Well, let's go. Let's go to glasses, McBill. Bill, what do you have for us? Um, I would actually steal your answer from last week uh, because. after we recorded last week, uh, I was on the TV Break podcast, which is Pop Break's monthly TV podcast. Myself, Alex Marcus, Josh Sarnecki, which you can find on the Pop Break TV feed on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Anchor Podcasts. And our featured review for that week was Made for Love, which is a new HBO Max series with Kristen Milioti and Billy Magnuson and Ray Romano. And I had I watched the first two episodes, and I'm like, this show is one of the best like new comedies I've seen in a long time. So good. I'm going to take off my glasses for it. Son of a I heard it's really dark. Uh, it's so it, dark. It is very dark, Jeez. but at the same time, it's dark, but it just, it works. Yeah. It's not dark where you're just like, wow, this is all just so depressing and mm-hmm. I don't need this in my life. It was just dark and funny and just very eerie, eerie satire of our current um, state of technology it's a really smart show. Ray Romano, I hated with a fiery passion. Everybody loves Raymond. And I actually liked his stand-up, 
But that sitcom, fuck that show. I hate that show with a passion. Oh, and like I don't care. All of his choices post that show have been great. Yes, that's the thing. His choices yeah. have been so weird and yep. so unique and creative. And he is just plays this weirdo dad who is now in love with a sex doll that Kristen Milioti is like reunited with, and they, they have to kind of spoilers. Like, kind of. Uh, I mean, it's in the trailer. Uh, and oh shit! Yeah, it's in the trailer. So I was just like, yeah. that's kind of why I was also like. Oh, that show might could be good, and, yeah. and like that show might could be good. It's yeah. sh- whatever, and it's just like Jameson. it's Jameson, whatever. <laughs> but I mean, it's I've been a lot worse on this podcast, and it's it's just a very funny show that feels like very topical, but also and satirical, and it's just super smart and super funny. It's on HBO Max. First three episodes dropped last week. I think how many episodes? Are- I think we're up to six now. They're on the the. I think it's only on the platform. platform. It's great. I, I, I love it. I think I'm like three episodes in as well. I'm not caught up, but the way I describe it to people is like, what if there was a really, really great Black Mirror episode that yeah. they stretched out for a season? Like you live in that world a little longer, and but it's also super funny. Yeah. Oh, I like the sound of that. Yeah. yeah. Ryan, I that's the way you describe it. Really big this show. Yeah. You guys would like the it. first episode. I dug it. Damn. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and we'll go to Ryan now. Um, okay, this is a show. It's a little old. It's called Everybody Loves Raymond. And <laughs> well, let me tell you about this show. It's, this you show. guys are going to love it. <laughs> From start to finish, Patricia Heaton is a gem. <laughs> they go watch the middle after that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> the one... show she did with Kelsey Grammer. Oh, about the news reporters. Yeah. <laughs> we got a thing for Patricia Heaton. Who knew? Um, this was something I saw on FX. It came out, I think maybe two, two weeks ago, the documentary called hysterical. Um, I heard about this about, um, female stand-up comedians kind of from the beginning after the me too movement, uh, directed by a road, uh, Andrea Nevins. Um, real quick. It was awesome. It was, it was really, really interesting. Um, it's got a lot of people that I really like on there. Uh, Kathy Griffin, she's she's the reason I wanted to get into stand-up, which is weird, but mm. yeah, who knew? Mm. Just a 10-year-old twink watching Kathy Griffin. <laughs> Ryan, uh, another t-shirt idea. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. That's um, the name no. of your first, if you ever do a full stand-up special, oh, that's, that's, gonna, a good one. that's gonna be it. But I will be there pissing my pants the whole time, man. Everyone's like, what is this called? <laughs> what? It's good. Don't worry. But yeah, uh, Oracle, very interesting. Excellent. Uh, Nick. Alrighty. Uh, because I don't get to blab about my pop culture obsessions enough on the regular, I have a double header for you guys. Yes. Um, the first is... Kristen Milioti mentioned number two. I finally watched Palm Springs on Hulu. So good. It was excellent. Love that movie. Uh, really, really funny, really interesting. Take goes into some unexpected territory, which I liked. Um, opens with a fairly graphic sex scene, so that was fun watching with my family, but <laughs> you know, we're all adults. Um, but yeah, really good movie. Loved it. Love Andy Samberg. Love Kristen Milioti. Um. Yeah, not much Almost more to say about it. Someone else who's making 
great career decisions. Like if we're talking Andy about Sandberg or Chris Meliotti or both. Both, but but Chris like she could have been like typecasted post How I Met Your Mother as just like the next like sitcom darling, and she is just pick, picking like the best roles post post that. And you know, obviously, she was only in it for like a season and an episode, but still, yeah, great choices. What's crazy? I mean, she's such a great actress and such a likable magnetic screen presence that everyone wanted the show to end in like a normal way where it was like about her and mm-hmm. then it wasn't and People. everyone hated it. But um, anyway, I'm definitely not still bitter about how I met your mother. Um, we definitely don't agree with that. My <laughs> second, yeah, my second recommendation. We don't stand that recommendation. <laughs> my second recommendation is uh, music. Surprise, surprise. Devin Townsend? Um, no. One, but another one of my favorite bands that I talk about all the time, The Hold Steady, put out their new album in February. It's called Open Door Policy. It's phenomenal. It is a return to form if there ever was one. Did you um, interview them for the site? Yes, I did. I interviewed Tad Kubler, the guitarist and one of the songs. Wow, what a great name for many many guitarist. years ago. Yeah, um, Tad Kubler. That was a uh, that was a that was like a like a call. That was a phone call. Um, nice. And we we had a half hour slotted, and we went almost an hour. He was a great guy, great interview, great guy. That's awesome. So check that out on thepopbreak.com. Uh, Tad Kubler of the Hold Steady. I also reviewed their album Teeth Dreams a number of years ago and covered them at Exponential Festival, all for the pop break. But were you and Anthony Toto broke my wife's camera? <laughs> Man, no, I broke your wife's camera. Toto, like had, nothing, Toto had nothing to do with that. Uh, I blame him. Somebody. Guilty by association. No, 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 no. He feels bad for it. Um, but anyway, uh, the Hold Steady got their peak. Well, not peak lineup because now it's it's one extra member. But they they got their keyboard player back a couple of years ago after he left, and they put out some you know albums that weren't super popular. I liked Heaven Is Whenever. I did not like Teeth Dreams, but definitely their least acclaimed records. Franz came back for some uh, Boys and Girls in America shows, and then stayed, and they put out a bunch of singles, which they later compiled as an album. Thrashing Through the Passion, it's a good album. Doesn't really feel like an album because everyone heard the singles months and months ahead but this open door policy is really something special it flows incredibly well as an album it's got lyrical themes repeated all over the place in interesting ways i mean craig finn is an incredible lyricist but they go in kind of a more mellow somber direction with some of the arrangements so that when you do get like the loud horn heavy major chord parts they stand out even more um, and it is like, it's such a great example of growing older gracefully, you know, gracefully aging this band, you know, not every song is going to be like a loud, boisterous rocker anymore. They're going in a more mellow direction, but it works so well. And when I first listened to the record, I think it was like, I tend to rate out of five. So I think it was like a three and a half to four for me. And now it's a four and a half. It's their best record awesome. since boys and girls in America. And that was in like 2005, 2006. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's phenomenal. I cannot recommend this album enough. Open door policy by the hold steady. If you listen to one song, make it lanyards. Uh, probably my favorite track of the year. 
I'll have to check that out because me and you have similar, strangely similar music taste <laughs> in weird aspects. So I think I would, yeah. probably, I would probably dig that. Uh, two things I have to bring up from that. One, I do love, I, honestly, more than an album that I really love. I love an album that grows on you. You know, what every I mean? time I listen to it, it I, I'm like, oh, that's really, that's really interesting mm-hmm. how they did that. Oh, that's like such a perfect way to pause. Like, ev- like every detail is like checked off like this thing is it's so well constructed i felt the same way about the the new abnormal the new strokes record mm-hmm. every time i listen to it i'm like i like it a little more i like it a little <laughs> more i don't know why i thought you're just gonna reference phoenix again because there's never a time where i don't instantly love a phoenix record so it does not count the strokes one completely, completely different. i love oh my god I, well let's I not get it, into that let's i have it on vinyl i love bankrupt <laughs> that's a great album that might be better than Tiamo, and that's a tough that's a tough uh, battle for me too. Um, the other thing I want to bring up is because I said it before, it was a great name for a guitarist. I have this working theory that you can't be in a successful rock band unless you have a frontman with like a super specific name. Like it has I mean, to the whole Steady's frontman has one of the most generic names of all time, Craig Finn. It's like, and how successful are name. they? they're reasonably successful there you go they're still going you can't be you can't be monumentally famous again it's a working bono yeah yeah (laughs) you have to be you have to be isaac slade lead singer of the fray (laughs) (laughs) i love that name it's such a weird name sorry i i go off but um we're gonna close this out it's been long enough um we'll end with some plugs uh i'll start real quick you can find me at Al Manorino on Twitter, Instagram, Instagram. Don't know why I'm still doing this, but it's been over a hundred days now of me posting every single day from my archives. Uh, what I've learned in the first hundred days, this platform is garbage and I'm going to stop using it very soon. Um, but yeah, that's know, my, that's, my pointed ads always are, you know, clutch. <laughs> what? The ads on Instagram, they're always clutch for me. They always, they always hit it. They always are good. Perfect. Good. All right. I just wanted to fuck you up. You did. <laughs> you did. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll go to, and you can find this podcast on the poprec.com. Bill, I will go to you last. Uh, Ryan, you go next. Uh, you, you can, you can find me on Instagram. Ryan Barry was only joking. And once you get a, a preview, that'll be enough. <laughs> you can follow the other hotter Ryan Barry at Ryan Barry 18, I think. Much hotter, much hotter. Stop plugging other Ryan Berries on this podcast. Are you, oh, Ryan, are you, no, you, we, before we started the show, you were you were saying you were going to start maybe out doing some more stand up. Is that confirmed? Oh, um, t- maybe. Talk about it next week. That's sure. Yeah, yeah, Hopefully. we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> the finale. Don't worry. No worries. Uh, Nick, where can people find you? Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Nick underscore P-O-R-C-A-R-O. Um, lots of retweets, lots of dumb takes about wrestling and music and video games. I like it, though. Uh, Sounds like my, my Instagram oh. is at Nick Porcaro, but with two extra O's, so Porcaro, three O's. Um, I don't post in my feed very much at all anymore. The last time I posted was over a month ago. But I do update my story fairly regularly. Uh, Every time I visit my parents, I post their adorable beagle. So that's a reason to follow. Um, As well as, you know, again, music, video games, wrestling, 
pop culture. Nick, Nick is also the biggest fan of not just this podcast. Or, or sorry, again, Nick is the only fan of this podcast, <laughs> but he's the biggest fan of my dog at Hops the oh, Corgi God, on yeah. Instagram. <laughs> Al's dog Hops is incredible. Uh, corgis are objectively the cutest dogs, um, for sure. And Hops is Hops is incredible. He's an absolute unit. Firing. He's a unit. He's a <laughs> head le- legit. He's unit. he's a whole loaf. Yes. He he's <laughs> listen. He's slimming. He's slimming down. He's Ooh. he's been on a diet. Yeah. I wasn't judging. There's no, he's, wrong with that. He, he legit needed a diet. Oh he, no! He gained twelve pounds in a few months. It was bad. What? Because yeah. well, oh. he was living with another dog and sneaking and eating oh, his food. Bad. He wasn't getting walks because I was lazy. It was a whole bad. thing. It's yeah. Bill closes out with your um, your plugs. I got you. And send us home. Well, uh, so I'll break it here first. I mean, this podcast might actually drop before this one airs, but I am launching a brand new monthly wrestling podcast called This Wrestling Life, where it's going to be myself and Melissa Jobin, who's a stand-up comic, good friend of Brian Barry. We are going to be talking to guests Yes, Nick, you will be on this podcast. Do not worry. I have you on a list of people I need to get on this podcast. We're going to be talking about, it's not going to be predictions or it's not going to be talking about current events. It's going to be yeah, talking so about much our, of that. our wrestling fandom as well as championing, championing a wrestler that we feel is highly underrated and more people should know about. So it's a very positive wrestling podcast. I'm going to be talking about our experiences with wrestling, our first show, all sorts of fun stuff. We're going to be doing that once a month, at least right now. It's going to be on the Breakcast feed where you can find a whole bunch of other Pop Break podcasts like Anime, which is our monthly anime anime podcast. We've got a brand new music podcast yet to be named, but in development uh, from the guys who brought you. Uh, we did a random Genesis podcast series last summer, which <laughs> a lot of people really enjoyed. So we got a Sega lot of- Genesis or the band Genesis? Popular the band. band. Genesis? Oh, first off, we should eventually do a Sega Genesis. Sega podcast. Genesis. Will be <laughs> I would argue the band Genesis was more popular than the Sega Genesis. It's a hundred percent accurate. <laughs> uh, so you can find that on all the platforms you mentioned, where you can find this podcast, which is Apple, Google, Spotify, and Anchor Podcasts. Of course, check out thepopbreak.com. Every single day, we have great stuff on uh, music, TV, uh, film anime video games wrestling digital trends we just did a whole series on wrestlemania got some cool digital trend stuff up there which is our most recent section uh and uh yeah check us out on twitter at the pop break we are at the pop break on instagram forward slash pop break.com all spelled out on facebook of course we also have a whole bunch of other podcasts you can check out like and the winner still is which is our retro oscar podcast we have the way too early oscar predictions podcast which is going to start heating up real soon hosted by matt taylor and bruce carpico uh you can and again find those podcasts on all the platforms i mentioned before and if you must follow me on just my weird ass takes on wrestling and other things i am at bodkin writes w-r-i-t-e-s on twitter and next week i don't know who's going to be on this podcast but i got a host so better be good and so for the not paying attention Al Manorino, who did a hell of a job hosting this episode for Nick Percaro, who absolutely slayed it on this episode. And for the man who doesn't want to be Ryan Barry, Ryan Barry, my name is Bill Bodkin. Thank you for joining us.